Yeah. I was kind of surprised to see Scott and you today because I know that <laughs> well, it, was a, it was a late night and early morning. It's a sense of responsibility, Tim. It's one I've had since day one here in 2004 when I started Sounds working like here. you practiced this. Yes. This segment of DOD TV is brought to you by Leopold, American to the core. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast, episode number 178. It's titled, A Couple Killers. Booyah! <laughs> you're one of the killers. And you're the other. And you're Matt. And you're Tim. That's right. Let's <laughs> get that out of the it. way. And we're both a little delirious because we had late nights. We're working on five-ish hours of sleep. So. Those nights weren't together. They were separate. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> Appreciate that. No, you never know. <laughs> we had we have good news to report. That's right. So you killed a nice buck. Yeah, and you killed a nice buck also. <laughs> We are the couple killers. <laughs> to, much to everyone's surprise. It's, you know, it, it's one of those, it never happens like you think it's going to happen, right? No. Um, Although I did think it was going to happen yesterday. <laughs> well, we, we got this, like, it's been poor and bad deer cast predictions. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, there's a great in there. Yeah. And so we both snuck out of the office a little early yesterday and it was worth it. Yeah. So, you know, as you look into that 10 day forecast on DeerCast, and you're kind of trying to pinpoint when to hunt, you know, we're in a crappy time moon phase wise, but yeah, you know, weather trumps moon Mark and Terry talk about that all the time. And so it was so hot this, the past few days. How hot was it? Man? <laughs> Real hot. <laughs> Is there a, am I supposed to click a sound? We just keep moving. Probably. Okay. So anyhow, we, it was like mid eighties over yeah. the weekend. And, um, you know, I, I even did an Instagram story about it. It's like, Hey, you should take the time to just, uh, get some honeydews in and, you know, no help out around the house, spend some time with the family. We, we threw a little get together on Saturday, had some friends over at a bonfire. The kids, you know, had a great time yeah. and just did some family stuff. But as I was checking, I, I said it in my hero last night, that, and I think actually in my DeerCast uh, now or the journal, one of the two, those trail cameras have just changed how I hunt so much. And so for me, this is the first year I, I'm late to the game, but this is the first year that I really started using the cell, cell cameras. cameras. Yeah. I never had a good signal on my farm. Makes it tough. And so I just never really messed with it. And the new cameras, they got those double antennas coming out of it and I get a signal and who knows, maybe there's a new tower somewhere. I get it, mm -hmm. get a signal now. Yeah. And it's just really helped hone in on what's happening. I don't feel like I'm missing out quite as much. The FOMO, you know, which is a real uh -huh. thing. I, I don't really have it anymore on that piece. The river farm, I, I'm kind of blind. I don't have any cell cameras down there, but I always know, I feel like when they're moving, if it's not that necessarily I'm seeing the bucks, but it's the deer movement. You're getting in a sense of the trends and what's happening. Exactly. Sure. And I said it the other day that I was, I think I was talking to maybe it was Kelly Turner and I were on the phone together and he was like, man, I've been telling all my friends here at work how legitimate deer cast is it is the prediction it just how good it was made up well that's if you go to the missouri uh deer hunters <laughs> facebook the, page the that's exactly right so <laughs> but a lot of other people are having great success with it and, and he was telling me that story and i go you know what so as 
you know, I've always had a lot of faith in what Mark and Terry have kind of what I've learned from them. Sure. But being able to look at these pictures as they're coming in real time with the prediction and then kind of the description of why deer are moving when and all the things I've always heard him talk about it. Honestly, it was kind of like a light bulb thing. Not to say I was just going through the motions before, but I was hunting certain, I was hunting a front. I was hunting certain pressure. I was, yeah. you know, whatever, just because it's kind of what I've heard them say and talk about over and over and over. You hear mm-hmm. these things long enough, you're going to pick up on something, right? Right. And the correlation between the pictures and what DeerCast is doing, really a light bulb went off for me this year and I've been able to see it. And this is maybe as early as I've ever had success. And I'm not saying it's just because that we, we got the farm really honed in this year mm-hmm. and, you know, we, we put in a lot of effort in the off season, Scott, right. especially, and it just, we're honed in, but all those things added up to give us a chance at success and yeah. we capitalized yeah. off of it. So before we dig into the tale of two bucks, let's, uh, let's do our Mossio properties featured dirt. Cause we got some dirt this week. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the Mossy Oak Properties feature dirt this week is a 255 acre uh, piece in Clay County, Mississippi. It has massive deer, turkeys, and waterfowl. And I know those guys down in the South, those are all very important things to them. Heck yeah. All right. So the plots are planted, the feeders are full, and the wildlife is abundant. This track has it all and is located in the heart of the Golden Triangle. Tibby Creek frontage, excellent road system, shooting houses, diverse habitat. This property is ready to go. Call Mossy Oak property agent Fred Zapponi at 662-418-6767 or just Google Mossy Oak Properties 54227. And we'll have the link in the show notes. I'm pretty sure I got that guy's name right too. You didn't and it's my fault. What? Because he's Fred Zapponi... The third. Uh, and I left out the third because I thought it might throw you a little you're bit. You're a jerk. I know. <laughs> what? I can't read That's, numerals? <laughs> I didn't know if you'd be trying to count Roman numerals just throw me. Now, Roman numerals are hard. How do you cipher this? <laughs> but that one would have just been three eyes. I think I could have caught it. <laughs> well, Next time you'll get the eyes. There's always next time. <laughs> right. How about we, uh, we hop into some shout outs next? All right. So uh, I don't really have a sound effect, but I'm going to just say. No. I can't read. <laughs> it's unfortunate for this next section that requires reading just so people know we love to get your feedback so good or bad i actually prefer the bad ones because i like to roast your butt online here <laughs> so, Mine or no no the no people? the people that send us crappy reviews okay yeah we'll make fun of you yeah so, so if, send it. <laughs> if you have feedback, let us know in the DeerCast comments because we post every show in DeerCast. You can also post comments on, or post feedback on your whatever podcast app you're using to listen to and, us. And, you know, I, we never really ask of this, but if you're enjoying the podcast, share it. You know, subscribe to the, the, if you listen to it, subscribe to it, share it with friends, let people know. We've really seen a big increase in growth over the past few months. Uh-huh. We appreciate all you guys for listening and gals, maybe one or two, uh, not our wives. We established that already. It's our safe space. <laughs> maybe your mom, maybe my mom. <laughs> see what little Timmy, little Maddie are doing. She, my mom will, because I have another podcast that I do that a very few people listen to. And my mom will tell me, yeah, I just read your la- your latest podcast. Or I just uh, watched your latest podcast. There's no video version of it. And she's lying to you. After a while, I've just learned to say, thanks, mom. Thanks. I don't know what in the world you're watching or reading, but 
Thank you. Did, did you say, did you like it and dig in? Like, I'd I don't know. I don't want to make it uncomfortable. Yeah. More than it already is. <laughs> she's lying she's to you. She's supportive, but she's lying also. <laughs> All right. So the first shout out, Dan Snyder says, awesome listening to some new cooking ideas. I was intrigued by listening to how cook how to cook the deer heart because I just made one last night. I think he was referring to our last guest, right? Yeah. Chef Michael Hunter. That was a pretty cool podcast. And as Scott and I were working on the deer and then Trevor, I was seeing a lot of the sections that he was talking about. And then I thought I can't do any of that. So I'm just <laughs> going to go get some overly dog made out of all of it. <laughs> my, uh, my shot somehow clipped both lungs and punctured part of the stomach. And so, I because I wanted to try to use the call fat. Quartering two? Quartering away. Hmm. How'd it get to oh, the No, no, stomach? no. So, so you're right. Yeah. Quartering two. I see. You're a liar. And <laughs> you, sir, lie. are a liar. Actually, I didn't kill a deer at all. I shot a raccoon. <laughs> I haven't seen the video yet. <laughs> it was a really it, big raccoon. I heard it was so dark that it could be a raccoon. <laughs> what is that? Is that a dog or what? But the, it stunk like a thousand farts. And I meant the that. footage was dark before anybody gets up in arms. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, Denny Lachek, our buddy. Uh, Denny's the guy that won the the farm. We love uh, Denny. Last year. I think Denny loves us also, which is which is great. Commendable because I don't know who else would. <laughs> Just our parents. Okay. Not uh, so even. Denny says, great. I, and this, again, is in reference to Michael Hunter last week. Great idea to have a chef on the show and provide some much needed insight on how to improve the quality of your venison or wild game. Totally impressed on how much knowledge Tim has on butchering and cooking wild game. What? Totally lost on some of the concepts. Laugh out loud, but very informative. Well, Denny used to be one of my Love favorite people. Denny. Tim, knowledgeable. <laughs> you pretty much took the wind out of my sails. And the farts out of your butt. <laughs> All right. So what's next? You tell your story first. Okay. So it, it really is a tale of two bucks because you have a ton of history with your deer pictures. I yeah. Mean, yeah. And, and, and my dear, I, I went into a Valley that I hung a set in this summer. I haven't been in there since I hung the set and put a camera up. How many this, acres are we talking here? This is a 180 ish. A big piece. Yeah, it yeah. is. And it, it's Ozark foothill mountain. So it's okay. very rugged. It's Oak hickory forest. Um, and this was up, up a pretty, in, in the Ozarks, they call them hollers. It was up a holler. I took the dry Creek bed up and the, the wind. Crick. <laughs> the crick bed. That's what I grew up calling it was a crick. Continue. Um, the wind was supposed to be relatively consistent last night, but when you get into those deep hollers, it Swirl. always swirls. Yeah. But I, I knew like it's predominantly the right direction. I'll be at the bottom. So when the thermals take over, the 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 wind will be kind of drifting down towards the bottom of the creek, which is which is where I was. Um, I did throw on some of the nose jammer on my boots as I went in because I knew that deer would be crossing over my tracks and crossing because I walked the dry creek bed yeah. up to my stand. And I just didn't want to give them any any reason to be cautious because the place I know is loaded with those. Yeah. It's next to a, a big old uh, abandoned pasture that's grown up for probably 25 mm -hmm. years or so. So it's it's incredible betting. There are th there are a ton of deer uh, back up in there. So I was seeing deer immediately. I got in the stand maybe around 3, 30, 4 o'clock. About when we did. And uh, and seeing a ton of deer. And really for me, it was a matter of just trying not to get blown while I was in the stand because they were all over the place. Um, 
And uh, this guy came down the hillside. I'm guessing it was around 620, 630 or so. The challenge with hunting deep in one of those hollers is that the sun sets a lot earlier for you. Yeah. It gets dark so much earlier. Yeah. And, um, and and I, I could probably see maybe 100 plus yards up the, up the ridge. And I could see a bigger body deer coming. And so I've got two Tacticams on my bow. I've got a Tacticam on one of those... <laughs> Hawk, um, kind of mountable, yeah. uh, grips. And then, uh, then I've got obviously my, my bigger, my bigger camera there. So self-filming, there's a lot of stuff to, to manage. Yeah. And, but with those tact cams, were you using the remote? Yeah. So that, yeah. that does help make it a little easier. You click the remote and they all sync up. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, it saves you a number of steps. And, uh, so, so he starts coming down. One, two, three. <laughs> you can count the steps. Yeah. <laughs> this, he starts coming down the, the, the hillside there and I can see him moving between the oaks. And it's all, you and I have talked about this before. It's amazing, especially in the timber because they can go infinite directions. Yeah, but he starts coming my direction, kind of paralleling the creek down, and so I'm turning cameras on and everything. And but I can't really tell just how big of a deer he is. I can just tell he's got some mass because at that time of day, you kind of see like distortion. Yeah, in the woods around their rack, you can't really see. You can't really see uh, uh, a whole lot of definition. Um, so I, I'm getting ready, and uh, and he stops. He's crunching on acorns, like he's just going around like a vacuum cleaner, sucking up acorns. Um, and he gets about 25 yards, and I and he starts kind of strafing across the camera, and so I have to bump the camera back over to get him. And and I, I, I as I'm as I'm watching him, I'm thinking, I think I think I have bigger deer on camera, but he's here. My daughter wants to kill a deer really bad this year. My wife has indicated interest in going out hunting. So if I can kill this deer, this opens up some more opportunities for me. And I had the monkey on my back from last year, not killing a buck at all. Uh, so I thought, I'm I'm going to shoot this deer. And, and it's funny what happens to your your emotions, your mind, when you decide, okay, it's I'm turning into a predator here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to take this wow. animal's life. That's, I got the claws out. <laughs> so, uh, so I come to full draw, and it was the first deer I've drawn on uh, all year, and that that's kind of a fun thing to finally yeah. put a pin on the deer, and uh, and and I I uh, executed the release. My nocturnal did not light up, which was kind of a bummer because it would have looked great in in the yeah. woods there and on camera that's pretty cool seeing it fly through there yeah it's one of my favorite things to helps see helps you especially as it's getting a little darker it does help you figure out where you shot the exactly air. because i'm shooting the the matthews vxr the 28 and i'm shooting around 65 pounds of draw weight the arrow moves pretty Stug. quick that's right <laughs> Two hundred dollars is two hundred dollars. Oh, fancy. <laughs> so I I take the shot and and, the, and 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 I couldn't watch the arrow. Like I didn't see where the arrow impacted, but the deer kind of runs a loop at maybe th- gets out to thirty yards and stands there looking back. And and I'm thinking, did I did I hit him? Like what happened? And then he gets wobbly and he just falls. Over. Nice. And no <laughs> track like, well, job. I get. I guess that happened. Yeah. It's like I said before. I'm always amazed because you never know how it's going to go down. In, in my mind, it's never like I envision it. It's there's something different about it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the fact that it all came together like that relatively early in the season, uh, it was such a relief. So now do you, were you far back in there? Meaning did you, ha- was it a 
kind of a bear to get it out. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't do the the mileage on Onyx, but it, it, it wasn't in miles. I was probably back there maybe 400 yards or so, uh, but it's all rocky. It's all tim- down trees and stuff from for some dragon. timbering that was done. Yeah, thankfully, DeerCast contributors Jeremy Kerber and Nick Lape came out. Nice. Nick is a large man. He's a power lifter, hmm. so that helped a lot. They were able to help with pictures and everything. Uh, I still follow the blood trail a little bit because that that's part of the fun, too, yeah. is following a blood trail. It's even more fun when you know where the deer yeah, went yeah. down. Just to see what what you got exactly yeah. exactly the arrow looked good and everything but like i said i clipped both lungs and got the stomach so i was like oh this i've got some unpleasant work to do later on tonight yeah so we got out of there i don't know closer to 10 o'clock yeah shot the deer around 6 30 or so yep. waited for those guys to get there uh but but uh, i just so thankful to to have that deer to have that experience and and to be reminded like okay i'm man, a man still I, I am still a bow hunter because otherwise you just feel like you're sadly over equipped especially these days i mean with Got a lot we're of gadgets going out there with yeah 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 cameras and latest tech on the bows and the clothes you wear and the ozone and we're very fortunate and uh and 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 i'm thankful for all the the resources that i have to hunt um it does also add a layer of complexity to us because like well you have pretty much every advantage a person could hope for what's your problem then, right yeah, yeah maybe it's me Yes, I got that feeling before too. <laughs> so I got to sneak peek your hunt footage this morning because Scott came in and yeah. I was kind of surprised to see Scott and you today because I know that <laughs> well, it, was a, it was a late night and early morning. It's a sense of responsibility, Tim. It's one I've had since day one here in 2004 when I started Sounds working like here. Practice this. Yes. It's not something that all of us have, but I got it. I learned it from Mark and I learned it from Terry. You're here for the audience. No, mo- the podcast, yeah, mostly so. it was because I, I knew we ha- were supposed to do this podcast, whether we killed something or not. We were supposed to do it at 9 a.m. And I, I missed that, Mark. But I got my deer and, and took it into Oberly's Meat Market in St. Genevieve. And, yeah. you know, there were 73 pounds that I dropped off. Dang and I was girl. a little surprised. And I, I guess I'll start at the beginning with the, the buck itself. So it's a deer that we call Holyfield. He had a big notch out of his ear and uh, so it made you know I, I suck at naming deer but i do like to name them from a standpoint of helping to know hey this is so and so you gotta this, be able to id him yeah it's yeah. not that i have 200 deer to id it's more like four or six or whatever but, but you want to be familiar yeah it is nice and and uh and and scott and i are talking or even like wayno is wanting to go up and hunt and and we've been communicating back and forth it's it's helpful to kind of share pictures and names and say, yes, he's a shooter. No, he's not. So anyway, so this deer uh, we call Holyfield, you know, I don't know. I've gone back and forth on this because I have a deer uh, from the past couple years that I've been chasing that he showed up late season two years ago. All right. And we called him the clean 10. It was just a beautiful frame deer. And uh, then last year he showed up and he was a I mean, a monster for, for this farm, for me, it was just a giant deer. I'm, I'm thinking he would have been in the sixties last year and, and his frame was just big, framey, tall. And he was a clean nine. He had, he had dropped his, uh, extra point there at the end of his, his rack on his left side. So I thought, okay, well, 
you know, I, I just kind of put it out of my mind. Scott had encountered him in too short at the very end of the season on a doe mission one day. And uh, he dropped his, he shed his antlers like January 6th. Well, that was too short was hurt. <coughs> and, um, and, and so anyways, this deer that, that we were chasing, he had showed up, he jumped the fence by Scott on like January 6th in the afternoon, one mm-hmm. or one o'clock early. And that evening I got a reconnex picture of him right, you know, 75 yards from there. Okay. And he had dropped one side and I thought, Oh, that was weird. I mean, it was pretty early in, in the process. And sure. Early January is a little, little early to drop. And I asked Mark and Terry about it. Mark's like, Oh, usually it's not a good sign. Cause it's means they're injured or something's wrong with yeah. them. You know, they're sick somehow, some way. So anyway, so fast forward to the summer and I'm not getting them too short showed back up. That was great. And this year, Holyfield, I start calling him Holyfield because like I said, he's got this notch out of his ear. He was e- easily identifiable. Some people may not get the reference. So Mike Tyson bit, um, Evander Holyfield's ear during a famous infamous match, a boxing match, you know, late nineties, maybe early. I think that was early night. Cause early that was 90s. like seventh grade or something yeah, for me. I'll never forget watching that. It's crazy. So anyhow, so, um, I know a lot of times guys will name their deer Holyfield. That's usually what it's referring to. Sure. So anyhow, uh, summertime, getting tons of pictures of him on the analogics and he's a major homeboy, but you know, in the summertime, I get a lot of pictures of, of bucks that once they, the bachelor group split up, you know, I, and velvet sheds, usually I have about three, four, maybe that are consistent, consistent yeah. in quotes, air quotes. Uh, and so anyhow, of all of them, he was actually consistent. And between all the, you know, I popped up several cell cameras this year and I had a lot of MRI from him throughout the whole, you know, end of summer into the fall. And, you know, I've been watching him closely. It's, it's always been nighttime stuff. Very rarely had it been earlier, you know, in the afternoon or early morning. Well, as, as we were getting, um, you know, hitting that warm front the last, this past weekend, I noticed him and this other big body deer and they just had to me, they were at the very least they were five-year-old bucks. Mm-hmm. And so as I was looking at these pictures, his characteristics, sometimes he reminded me of this, you know, this late season 10, this clean nine from, from last year. And I started to think it was, it, it was him because he had tall G ones, he had tall G twos, he had okay. tall G threes. It just kind of, and then he had the crab claw G fours. And I thought, you know what, this, this could be that deer. And he grew back to a, a clean 10 again. And, um, so if that would have been the case, I would have thought he was actually six and a half this year. So I go in there and I'm getting all these pictures, him and this other deer is kind of a short tined 10 pointer who I wasn't I wasn't absolutely sure I know of. I think it's a steer we called uh, Stickers 10 from last year. And anyways, they're they're running together. I'm getting pictures of them all over the farm together, usually at night. But the last few days in that heat and that really, really hot stuff, they were showing up right at last light on this staging food plot, this the staging plot that we have biologic radishes and final forge. And, and we put a muddy bowl there. It's where I messed up my hunt with two S two uh, S two last year, sure. October the 6th. And you know, they just hammered this green food source. Well, over the weekend, the neighbor had harvested all his corn mm-hmm. and all around us in the river bottoms, every, all the corns getting taken out. Okay. And my corn was still there. 
and I still got beans. A lot of the farmers are starting to take out their beans. Well, <clears throat> as we get to the farm, the our, our corn is out too. And I think that may partially be contributing to why I was seeing so yeah, many pictures so. the last few days. Yeah. Weather sucked, but they were up on their feet. I think all the combine, they were just, the bedding was getting trunk and yeah. they were walking, you know? And so as, as I was watching the cameras, you know, Friday, Thursday, well, we might've went Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I was really monitoring them and they were showing up right at dark, right mm. at dark. And it was kind of getting earlier and earlier, still dark, 7.30, then 7.12. And I'm thinking, all right, that, you know, I'm, I might have a shot at this because the temperature change, they were forecasting it to be like 15 degree drop. I mean, it was a really big drop, but I don't think it ended up being quite as big, mm -hmm. but it was so windy A Northwest wind blew in, it dropped the temperatures and then temperatures the wind were dropping pretty much all day. They were. And then the wind died down right there at the end of the evening. And that was really key. I mean, you know, we're sitting up on top of a ridge and, you know, our strategy, and this is something that I just, you know, Mark and Terry, I kind of, you know, just heard them over the years talk and talk about is instead of trying to go down in there, if you can help and if you can prevent it, uh -huh. try to have a food source up top and bring them up to you. Sure. And, um, so anyway, so that's, that's what that staging plot is. And, um, you know, wasn't a lot of deer out all day long. And then we got in super early. I checked all my cameras, I pulled all the cars on the way in okay. and we got into the blind at three 30 probably. And I brought my laptop just to kind of I thought, okay, we're going to be in early. Let's check the inventory. Sure. That way I'm going to jack with it later. And the game, I mean, I had a lot of pictures, a lot of deer movement, but there was a scrape line that we kind of park next to and walk in the scrape line into our spot. And the scrape line popped up maybe 10 days ago or uh -huh. so. And I mean, it was, you know, probably tire size grapes and yeah, smaller, nice. you know, good size stuff. And uh, so we hung a reconnaissance camera on one of them and uh, put a little buck bomb in there and freshened it up, you know, week, 10 days ago. And so we finally had a chance to check that card. And so all the other cards are just mediocre. It was just okay. Mm -hmm. And that card, boom, 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 boom. D you know, here comes Holyfield and here comes this nice. short rack. 10 yeah. and they're hitting that scrape and you know, the, there's a couple other bucks that are hitting it. And, um, I just kept thinking, okay, that, that they, it was like consistently the, the few nights prior to, you know, leading into this night. Okay. And I had one other picture from yesterday morning at seven Oh five, just off the food plot where this Holyfield buck was going down into his bed bedding area. Okay. So I thought, okay, if, if these deer come up, I might have a shot at him coming out of the bedding early enough tonight. Mm -hmm. So quarter to six, probably all the does here, they start coming and they file out, file out, file out on the left side of us. And, uh, and then all of a sudden probably, I don't know, maybe six, 15, 620, somewhere in there. Uh, the short rack 10 popped out of this from the right side, popped out of the bedding and blew us. And I thought, I even said to Scott, I go, you know, he's early enough that could have a buddy with him. We, we, you know, they've been running together. The yeah. camera show us that he went to Holyfield, went to bed here, you know, 705. Mm -hmm. We might see him. And it wasn't maybe a few, couple, five, 
two minutes, five minutes, something like that. Here he comes up out of the, you know, we spotted horns and he come up out of the bedding and he comes right into the food plot and they kind of mess around a little bit and then they start eating and kind of just worked their way into the tree koi. So the, the short rack 10 kind of worked into the tree koi. And, you know, as soon as he walked up, I put my, you know, Leopold's on him and I, I, you know, we knew who he was. We both knew who he was right away. And I had been saying, I couldn't tell from the reconics pictures, whether he was a shooter or not a shooter, meaning he was a shooter, but could it, could he was such a homeboy. Could he haven't, could he use another year and be a giant? Yeah. And, uh, the answer is yes. (laughs) And (laughs) at that moment I decided no. (laughs) So I, you know, I put my binoculars on him and he's, he's at least five and a half, after looking at him and studying him, I don't think he's the steer from the p- past few years, this okay. clean tin. I don't think that's who he is. Cause that deer, unless this deer could just kind of shrunk, which they can do and then, sure. and then yeah. blow up again too short. We got his sheds the past couple of years and he kind of shrunk last year. And then, you know, he might blow this year. Yeah. Uh, he did blow this year, but anyhow, so we p- put binoculars on him. I'm, I decide right away, I'm going to shoot this deer and kind of just like what you're saying in my mind, I'm thinking, it's early enough. This changes, you know, the dynamic of my life at home. <laughs> this changes the dynamic of work. This changes yeah. the dynamic of the rest of the tags for the rest of the season for the TV show. Some of and the things the guys around here have been saying about you. Yeah. The, the, the bad hunter, <laughs> horrible boss, <laughs> those types Sketchy of things. Individual. Yes. Yeah, so it just, it just changes the complexity of things. And besides that, this week I ran out of the last set of deer sausage that we had. So Lola's been <laughs> it's every a complex it, it, ratio. It, it really is. So Lola has been telling me, she's like, you're going to kill something tonight, right? We're out of overly dog dad. Like that's what she, she thinks, you know, hungry, and, and no matter what the deer sausage is, she always calls it overly dog. Cause it's okay. a, what we're our hometown. It's the brand. Yeah. It's the brand. So anyhow, <laughs> um, so, you know, I, to me, the switch that you talked about, it was, it was flipped pretty instantly. I saw sure. him. All right. Binoculars down. I don't even need to look at him. I'm going to shoot him. Game on. So he, he comes in and, um, I kind of get mixed up at one point it, and it happens pretty fast. And cause you know, I'm trying to open, I'm in a muddy bull blind uh-huh. and I got to open the vertical window. We're trying to juggle our chairs a little bit and move around and make sure I got the clearance to shoot and he can still film. It's a tight window. Mm-hmm. So the deer comes in and as I'm opening the window, I thought I peeked out and I thought the deer that was close to the tree koi was him. It was actually the short rack 10. Sure. And I just didn't see, I just saw the body. I didn't really see his head. I, I thought it was him. And uh, I, so I opened the window getting ready to, you know, ready for the shot, uh-huh. open the window and they're at, you know, that deer's at 25 steps and I instantly see it's not him. And Holyfield is kind of to my right out of my view a little bit from where I'm positioned. I'm okay. like, crap. Cause I didn't want to open the window until you know, yeah. until it was time to shoot just in case a wind gust or whatever, you know, does were out, you know, what something look at us and bug out and there goes the whole thing. So I range. So, so I see Holyfield, I range him and, um, he's at 30 steps and he starts to kind of, and he's quarter two. So he starts to walk and I have a HHA single pin. We've talked about it, sure. you know, that's right. Yeah. It's your first yeah. single pin. Yeah, it is. And it's, it is, that is a, a new level of 
complexity. It's another thing. Yeah. It is. But I, I mean, I do love using it. Uh, and so I range him at 30 and he, st- I think he got to, tw- I think he just got to 27, 25 and those HHA. I mean, it does make a difference on those HHA. Right. Cause you I'm have holding individual yardage markers. Yeah, exactly. I mean, literally every yard, you got a yardage marker. So I draw back, I settle in and I let it rip. And I think he dropped a little bit, not a lot, but I, I spined him. I, he drops in his tracks. And so I knock another arrow instantly and follow up shot. And that shot, he's, he's kind of laying down and quartering away at that point. Yeah. I shot him broadside and he's kind of laying down, quartering away. And I zip one up through him. It ends up going up through his heart and he expired instantly. It actually, the exit was his, his heart. Perfect. And so it worked out. Uh, I hated, you know, to have the, the mess up there with the spine shot, but it did work out. Okay. He, um, I think, I think it was a culmination. I was aiming, I wasn't aiming for heart. I was aiming, you know, in that V Okay. and that's left, right. It was money, but uh-huh. it was about two inches high. And I think he dropped an inch or two, you know, and just, yeah, that's, that's not all hard it took. for them to do. It, it was weird because I wouldn't have thought, as you look at it, I wouldn't have thought it would have spined him, but I think it kicked up when it, the, when the slap happened, I was, I was shooting yeah. a two, three, uh, rage chisel collared and the slap is so big. I think when it went in there, it kicked up a little bit and yeah. lodged underneath the spine. I don't think I hit him straight on spine. I think I lodged up underneath uh-huh. there and dropped it, stung him and dropped him. And so, you know, I, cause when, when I went, walked up on him, I, you know, I had to pull it out and it wasn't Lodge sideways. I was pulling kind of out underneath. underneath. Yeah, so it's it, it's a good thing that you put the second arrow in them because I mean, if you would have just stunned that spine and then watched, believe him get me, up. believe me, I was you know I was <laughs> myself because <laughs> crap, crap, yeah crap. yeah yeah. I mean you know the fir- the first thing is and I see it on on video a lot. Guys are you know p- pumping their fist and high fiving and like that ain't me bro like i i felt horrible like let's get another one in him i don't want him to get up i don't want him to suffer spine like, shots disturb me it, dis- it, it, it is. I, i've i've had a few myself and i just don't like yeah them. i've had i've had two other instances in my in my past you know hunting experiences and both of them sucked and i you know i just i hate it yeah it's a crappy feeling and so anyways i was fortunate to hit because i've had it to where his second shot was not been great mm. yeah you know but this yeah. one it just i you know was so anyhow he's you know he's expired in the field and and it's probably six thirty thirty five like right around the time you shot uh-huh. and i'm thinking holy crap we did this and, and we he's don't dead track right him there. there's no question about it exactly which is it's rare a good feeling <laughs> it is a good feeling so uh it, yeah so that's that's the story but Sweet. holy fields tko down for the count a uh, couple killers yeah <laughs> for now <laughs> We really do have a live studio audience. Yeah, they, they just never pay attention. Or like us. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a given. So well, that's c- congratulations. Story. I know you guys put in a ton of work for that deer and it's nice when it kind of comes together. Yeah. So I was excited. I think Wayno is going to try to go up and hunt uh, Thursday, Friday. Um, and you know, it's funny cause he's like, uh, so was that the biggest deer on the farm? It's like, no, there's a couple nice, nicer ones than this. Uh, he was definitely a, a good deer and, and I was excited to happy to shoot yeah. him. And my wife was thrilled and so deer season's over, right? Well, I think she understands <laughs> that 
I'm going to take like a little break, but man, the end of October is going to be so awesome. I can't wait. Hopefully Chase, the guy I hunt with over in Illinois is ready for me because I'm coming over at the end of October. I'm really thinking about buying an Illinois tag. Yeah. Why not? If you got a spot to go, why not? The why not is the money because it True. ain't cheap to go over yeah, to Illinois. Yeah, three... I think it's... 75, four twenty-five. For, 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 for all in for archery, I think it's like closer to six when you is buy it? your the habitat, habitat stamp, stamp and, and your license, license and yeah. everything. You might be right. Uh, so is it, it might be like three seventy-five for the tag itself, and then all those other things on top of it. Or yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. I'm looking at the the all in, uh, but but yeah, it's funny because we're never satisfied, right? Like nothing's ever good enough. There's always something new no. and shiny to chase. It didn't take me long last night after I got home. I was thinking, okay, so what's next? Well, maybe get Sophie a deer, maybe Beth. Yeah, maybe I can start looking at going to Illinois. Got to start thinking about rifle season. Like there's always it's these. Funny you say that because I'm thinking the same thing. It's like can't can I? Maybe I could take Cam up to Dad's for yeah. for gun season for the weekend. Even though I'm, I, you know, he wouldn't be hunting, but like just for like. The family, you know, we haven't done that in the past couple of years. Sure. I, didn't, I didn't go to dad's once last year. So, yeah, I mean, you can enjoy the social aspect yeah. of deer hunting. I, I got Sophie out with that mission crossbow you have this past weekend. She had a close encounter. She actually got a shot on a doe. That's exciting. And it was so exciting. I mean, I stood up in the blind to mess with a camera or something. So I'm standing there and the blind is on the lower side of the food plot. It's really a dirt plot. It just got too dry. And, yeah. and so the browse pressure and the drainage just didn't work out very well, but they still come to it. And, uh, and she's like, do, do, dad, dad, there's a doe. And I'm looking at her and her eyes are the biggest saucers. And I kind of bend down to look out the, out the blind window. And sure enough, there's a doe at 25 yards broadside in the food Your plot. Head's out the window. <laughs> right. What honey? <laughs> hey, wait a minute. I got to get ready. So I, I'm kind of freaking out internally trying yeah. to be calm to get her going and everything. And, uh, so she shot way low. I, I don't even know that she really fully aimed. She shot the crossbow before she shoots it yeah. well, but we all know it's different when there's an animal in the scope. Yeah. Um, so th that close encounter made her very hungry for another opportunity. Good. So we're going to try to, try to get it done. And now I don't have the pressure of killing a buck and I can focus a little more on that. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. You got meat for the freezer. Now you got you. So your wife's happy. You got, uh, you're happy because of the monkeys off the back from last year. Yeah. It's a good feeling. It's all good. And I'm happy for you, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. It, it was, it was funny. Cause I, I texted Scott last, or I texted a, a little group that we have a little archery group and Scott's like, well, we're taking pictures up here too. Cause I was calling to see if any of my buddies could yeah. come help out with, with it, photos. Justin Lurk killed a deer last night as well up in Kansas City at his lease. It, so there are people who say that the deer cast prediction is fake. It's just kind of it just kind of follows the natural trend of when deer season when when deer activity kind of heats up. But you yeah. get an outlier like last night where it's poor, bad, poor, bad, poor, bad, and then you got a great. Yeah. And, and hell, mine was like good, great. It went from great to good, great because of the wind being too. so high. Yeah. But it was getting great when it needed to be. They're the last, you know. 20, 30 minutes. And some people ask us about that. Like, why does it change so much? Well, it's reacting to real-time weather yeah. models that are pumping in new and updated information. Yeah. So Mark and Terry, as they looked at every condition, that, that, so they'll go through, there's 13 or 14 different weather variables that they're looking for. And those change for every phase of the deer season. They're weighted differently. They're weighted yeah. differently. So everything's got a kind of a scale, complex scale that's all weighted together and kind of plays together. And there's a difference between 29.94, 29.95, 
and 29.96. You know, yeah. that that's a difference in the barometric pressure. There's a di- difference in wind speed. You know, uh, 9 to 12 is better than, you know, and I'm, you know, don't quote me on these numbers, but better than, a, say, a 15 to 20 or, or whatnot. Sure. So all those things play into it. So if your wind's kicking up, you know, all of a sudden it might be kicking down the prediction mm-hmm. for certain times of the year. If your cloud cover is rolling in, that might be kicking down the prediction because it tends to, for the most part, subdue movement a little bit. So it, it's a lot of little factors like that, but, um, it isn't just some BS that we pulled out of our butts. I mean, it's like, you know, 30, 40 years of each of them of their own lives observing deer movement and kind of putting it into one spot. The devil's in the details with that stuff. And for folks who know Mark and Terry personally, those guys, are into the details. Well, and even, I mean, they're constantly messing with that algorithm. I mean, I think it's been tweaked two or three times this year yet, this, this season. I mean, they're constantly, if it, if they feel like it's a little pessimistic or optimistic, we dive into it. Terry and Mark and myself have a group text Mm -hmm. and it's like, Hey, what do you guys think of this? Or if I see something odd, I'm like, this doesn't seem right. Or even I've had guys send me DMS and on Instagram saying this, this just seems something seems off and I'll, plug in the city and state. And I'm like, man, that does seem wrong. Yeah. Cause I never know if they have their deer cast custom moved or oh, their sure, peak estrus sure. moved, all those things affect it. And, um, you know, so we tweak it all the time to make sure it's honed in the way it should be. And if it, if it doesn't match up with what Mark and Terry feel like, they'll, they'll change it, yeah. you know? So I don't know. I don't know how other apps work, but I don't know that that, that much thoughts put into it. Yeah, there's definitely a commitment to helping people be successful. Yeah, because because uh, time in the woods is precious. Well, I mean, sure. I said it last night in my here, and I get it. We we work here. It's uh, our company's app. I get it, but I fully believe between that and the cell cameras, it helped me kill the deer way earlier than I would 100%. have normally. Yeah, because I just stayed out when I should have. And I went in when I should have. Well, I told you guys I had a dentist appointment yesterday and I didn't, I just went hunting. (laughs) I was okay with that because I wasn't here. (laughs) As long as you kill, it works. Well, I wasn't here to know that. (laughs) I left too. Where's Tim? He's not answering his phone. (laughs) So anyhow, well, that's uh, it. Speaking of helping people last year, we had, um, we had a listener like Pat powers or something. Paul Powers. I don't remember. Alliteration. This this week for our question of the day, it's brought to you by Clayton Corn. Wonder if he lives in Iowa. It'd be a good place. All right. Question of the day is probably brought to you by HHA, makers of the Tetra lineup of vertical and crossbow sites. Don't settle for less than the best. I would like to win a hunt with Mark Drury. I am a big fan of your guys' show and what and would love to have the experience to hunt with you guys and be on your TV show. After this experience, he may not. Want I, to do I hope he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> I added that sound. I'm, I apologize. Tim told me told me ahead of time that there was a long Here pause. I go under the bus, <laughs> and that I should put that noise in there and time it out. Turns out I did do You're that. Impressionable. <laughs> yes. Oh, Tim oh made yeah. Me do it. <laughs> Tim made me do it. Clayton, so. thank you for the. It's not really a question. <laughs> I guess it's, can I go on with Mark I think it just was an excuse for you to make me do that. Pretty much. <laughs> it's a long play for a setup. Yes. If you want to leave us a question of the day, uh, just go to the show notes, click the link in there. It'll take you to the, the podcast webpage. Click the send voicemail button and leave your name, location, and brief question, and we will make you fart. 
All right. So he, it was a good point. He wants to hunt with Mark and Terry. We have a hunt giveaway going on right now in DeerCast. Not only that, but we're also giving away a brand new Can-Am Defender. So it's kind of split into two different giveaways. The Can-Am Defender, we're going to give away here at the end of December, kind of a uh, Can-Am Christmas. Oh, that's good. That's right. Off the top of my head, just boom. That's how quick it is. And then the second one will be in July with Mark and Terry of 2021. So that we can have you in uh, camp with us that fall of 2021. Dang. It's a two-day hunt at Mark's Missouri place and a two-day hunt at Terry's Missouri place uh, and any weapon of your choice. So, Adelaidle. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> please show up to Mark's yes. farm. At least, even that. if you weren't serious, just show up with it and be like... Maybe I'm, a loincloth. Yeah. And just play it straight. Yeah, so... Uh, there's your chance uh, to win a hunt with Mark and Terry or to win a Can-Am or who knows to win both. Cause once you're entered, you're, you, you are entered in to win both. You imagine how many people would hate the person that, that, that could pretend, that potentially won both things. Yes. <laughs> Not us because we have to track <laughs> well, these people down. We do. <laughs> so it would make things easier. Yes. But I, I it's like I, spining a deer. It's <laughs> not preferable, but, but you can do it. <laughs> can't happen. <laughs> I'm interested to hear what kind of conspiracy theories are going to pop up with this giveaway. Cause last year we had people uh, accusing us of some kind of shenanigans on giving away the farm. It, like they, it was some, it was some something that clandestine we, project to give our Missouri friends property. No, the one I loved was that we had hunted it for years killed all the big deer and then wanted to give it away. <laughs> used it and then lose it. <laughs> we used it, abused it, and then <laughs> lose it. <laughs> well, sorry, Denny. <laughs> we killed all your deer. Well, that's really just not true because we had bought the piece just for the giveaway and never touched it other than improving it. So. We talked about even sending someone up there to film a hunt on it, but yeah. we decided, no, we're just yeah. going to let it sit fallow. Yeah. And so anyways, we've had a couple guys. Uh, Mark and Terry have donated hunts to this foxhole shootout the last few years. Years, uh, for Mossy Oak Properties and the, the hunt winners that we've had come in, have, I mean, they're they're yeah. all 100% success. It's been a great time. You know, I, I think we've gotten lucky and had some really good people that have won those hunts and, and uh, we've had a really enjoyable time. So anyways, uh, all you got to do is make sure you have the new version of the app downloaded or you can go to DeerCast.com, lower right hand screen. There says that there's a um, icon that says giveaway. You click on it, you put your info in and boom. You're ready to go. How much does it cost to enter? Nothing. Nothing. You don't even have to be a pro or an elite user. You just got to go sign up. Now, there are some restrictions. There are a few state restrictions. Height Uh, restrictions. I'm screwed. No. So it's uh, Florida, New Jersey, New York. New York. Maybe New Hampshire in there. There's three or four states that have really difficult laws around sweepstakes. Yeah. Yeah. In Canada. So Canada is not a state. Well, it's a restriction. So I apologize ahead of time. Tim also made me do this. He came yep. to me and said, you cannot. I said, we got to put these states in. Tim said, you cannot put these states in. I have a personal in. vendetta against New York State. Well, so there's a lot of good people there. They get a bad rap. Are there? There are. In the state part, <laughs> yes. Name three. Uh, Mike Furia, Mike Furia Jr. Oh, come on. Now. <laughs> Those are people, Tim. And then Mike Furia the third. <laughs> uh, drawn a blank. There's only two uh, good people in New York. There's other people I know. You know it. what sucks <laughs> is their governments. Yes. I'll just say that. Well, and those people that live in, in the upper end of New York can't 
control that. So yeah, it's kind of like uh, Illinois and Chicago. Yeah. So I digress. All right. We should not get into politics. We've got our hands slapped for that. <laughs> Let's not go back down that path. Oh, good times. Um, okay. All right. So let, speaking of slapping, wildlife word. Got him. It's brought to you by Hunter Specialties, makers of the comprehensive Sentaway line of scent elimination products. And I sprayed myself down last night before hitting the stand. Yeah, I actually, we always do. And it's, I, somebody asked me the other day, it's like, well, why do you spray down and then use nose dreamer? It's kind of an oxymoron, but it really isn't because we're spraying down like our backpacks, our, you know, my hat, you know, yeah, our clothes, hair. Yeah. And then really all I'm doing is using the nose jammer for a cover scent on my boots. That's how I use yeah. it. And, and I know they make a full line too of, of soaps and detergents and all that, but I try to stay scent free um, with, with everything I do and then just do a little cover spray on my boots. And then when I get in the stand, try to spray the tree on the downwind, upwind side. Yeah. yeah now, side. Are you wearing Brute right now by Fabergé? Yes. <laughs> Yes. The expensive stuff. That is right. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I, $200 I'll, is $200. Yeah, you can't argue. I, I'll spray it on the inside of my, uh, especially on the inside of my uh, my muddy harness, because that can absorb sweat. The same thing with my backpack straps. Yeah, that's a good thought. And, uh, and the you back don't side of the backpack. ozone that. I mean, that's one thing they tell you probably not to ozone is your your safety harness. Yeah, you don't want to degrade the, the rubber that's yeah. in there. Yeah. So. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I sprayed down and it worked. All right. So speaking of spray and, uh, chemicals, this is less of a word and more of a trivia question of the 63 chemical compounds found in dough urine. Matt's already like, I'm screwed. I, I wasn't paying attention. And then you said 63 is like, Oh shit. I'm going to have number. to, I'm going to have to listen <laughs> of the 63 chemical compounds found in dough urine. How many are only found when the dough is in heat? One. I'll give you some options. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so one is, is one of the options. A is it one B is it all 63 C, is it two? D, is it 13? Hmm. One, 63, two, or 13. And there are 63 total chemical I'm going with one. You okay. suck, Matt. You do. The it's, 13? It's 13. Damn it. Yes. I almost went with 13 because of the show, 13. You should have. Yeah. Cut that out. Let's go back. And and we'll, we'll redo it. Smart, make you look smartlier. That's right. You like that sound effect? <laughs> there was a guy, I, I was reading an article by a guy that does um, spectrology on on chemical compounds. He found dough urine okay. in, a, in a bottle in a rental car that he was using and he got interested. And so he did like a chromatograph of what is in dough urine and did a bunch of research. And people have, obviously people have researched this because there are urine you know, there are scent companies that yeah. use it. Uh, but apparently there are only certain compounds that exist when a dough is in heat. And that's what the urine companies try to isolate are those particular compounds because a butt can tell like, okay, this dough is in heat or they're about to be, or they are not at all. <laughs> it's amazing. Dude, as we were cutting that deer up last night and just looking at the different tendons and all the different things, it's just like, man, and Trevor who helped us, he, he knows deer anatomy really, really well. And he's pretty much a pro at doing all that stuff. And I, I was just looking at amazement. It's like, holy crap, man. Like, first of all, this would have took me 
days. <laughs> There's a lot of work there. Yeah. And like I said, there was 73 pounds of meat that we pulled off yeah. of that deer. It's, I mean, that's, he was, he was a big body buck. It makes you feel good that you've harvested as much as you can off of like it and, and didn't waste it. I, the, the rib meat on my deer last night, I left because all the, the gutty works kind of got up in yeah. there and it just, it was tainted and I didn't. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't bother with it. Yeah, I, but I normally like to trim out the red meat. As every little part that we trimmed out, I'm like, Tim uses this part. <laughs> I've heard <laughs> Tim pretty, talk about that's this. a pretty safe bet. Yeah, Tim makes tacos out of this, <laughs> right? <laughs> and my kids eat it because they don't know what it is. Yeah, there the you one go. thing I have I've not eaten is the the tongue. And I'm not opposed to it. I just never think about it. You're in such a flurry of activity to get everything done, and it we got down to 48 last night, which yeah. is cool, but not. Yeah, cool yeah. enough. So I skinned it out last night and let it hang and then got to it at 6 a.m. this morning and finished deboning it. Yeah. Then uh, put my makeup on and came into the studio. Mm. Should have said that part, shouldn't I? Well, uh, it just doesn't look so like it. stupid. <laughs> All, All right. right. All right. We should probably I think I'm going to throw thing. up. <laughs> Thank you, Barb. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Stay tuned next week because guess who the guest is next week? Well, I know where you're going with this and it's a guest because we don't have a guest potentially, but I actually think we will have a guest. So I've been trying to speak with a guy that we've known for a long, long time. He's, uh, he used to film Terry and Mark uh, back. I'm talking when I first started 16 years ago, he was a camera guy that helped us out. His name's Brad Clement. And this guy is a real treasure. All right. And, and I say that really honestly, because he, um, he's from the St. Louis, Missouri area. And, uh, he's, he's, uh, he's summited here. He's summited Everest from both sides several times, which, you know, now I know there's a lot of people, you know, do that. But at the time when he was starting, it was still pretty, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't quite as popular as it is today. Yeah. And he has some pretty harrowing stories about trips up the mountain. And I'd love to, I know that's not exactly hunting, but he's also got a horrific hunting accident story from an elk hunt that he was taking part in out in uh, Colorado, which is where he lives now. And uh, he's a DIY guy. And he's just, I mean, he's a very knowledgeable uh, woodsman and, and survivalist really is what he is. And he's, he's summited the toughest mountains and terrains across the world, the highest peaks, you know, I, I can't wait to talk he, to him. He, he, he truly is an amazing dude. And I, I hope that uh, I've been trying to, so he had a bad accident two weeks, I think two weeks ago. And, and so he communicates with dad and I on occasion and dad sent Mark and I this message. He's like, it was a picture of Brad. And I mean, he was out in a tent, you know, out and he was all beat up looking and looked like he just got the tar beat out of him. And it just, you were like, holy crap, what happened? And he's like, man, if you know, rock, you know, a bunch of rocks fell on his head Oof. when he was out elk hunting. And so anyway, so I reached out to him a couple of days later. I was like, Hey, I'd love to have you on the podcast. And at that time it was still, still a lot of guys were out elk hunting. I know yeah, it's yeah. kind of dying down now, but anyways, I think it'd still be a great story to tell. And then I hope to get into some of his other journeys I and experiences. He, he, it, it's, I mean, anytime he comes into town, we meet up for a, a beer and, and it'll be a, 
four hour, you know, night at the bar listening to stories of Brad sure. tell. It's just amazing. Like dad and I just listen to him and be like, oh my, you know, like people are out there that are really, really nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and he's one yeah, of them. Well, and he's I, the most unassuming, nicest guy you'll ever meet. He's not some, you know, you wouldn't think that he's, uh, he's no Cam Haynes, you know, fitness guy, but sure. guarantee you he could climb a mountain, you know, and back down and it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't even hardly breathe heavy. I mean, he's just one of those kind of guys. It's amazing. Yeah. Some of those guys that got nothing to prove are the most effective because yeah. they just do it. Yeah. So anyway, so we're working on him. I hope that he was out of town this week. Uh, and so I'm hoping to get him on board next week. And he slowed down from all his world travels with COVID and everything and really put a damper on some of the, the plans that they had. But uh, anyhow, hopefully we'll have him on next week and it'll be I lost it. <laughs> well, if you're thinking about summoning Everest, then tune in next week because that'll be the show for you. It'll be huge. <laughs> <laughs> that was worth the buildup. Well, it was worth look, the second run. This damn thing. If I could get it, I need bigger font on here to know what I'm looking for. Better descriptions. Behold God dang it, guys. Of age. I'm going to blame somebody out there. Get you some podcast bifocals. Yeah. We'll get it like a bifocal company. I have contacts. So, yeah, it's supposed to be 2020. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's shut this thing down. Please. Thanks for watching. Leave us uh, comments. Tell your friends, subscribe to the show. Um, it's all I got. Yeah. Share, subscribe, talk about us in a good way or bad. I don't actually care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Complain about us. All right. I hope everybody's having great luck. And if you aren't yet, there's a huge front coming. This probably airs Wednesday, the 14th. Big front yep. coming through Thursday, Friday. And then the end of October, early November, weather permitting, going to be awesome. It's going to be great. We're getting huge. close. All right. It's going to be huge. huge. All right. Till next time. Peace yeah. out. Every hunt starts with a game plan, like knowing when and what to plant. So get DeerCast and get ahead of your game.